0: Untold Physio Stories listeners can save 10% by going to Edgemobsys.com. That's E D G E M O B S S S Y S dot com slash Untold to save 10% off their first purchase. Edge Health and Tech Solutions. We do websites that work for you and give you an edge over the competition. Welcome back to Untold Physio Stories. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. E, with the Eclectic Approach, Edge Mobility System, and Modern Manual Therapy. My other co-hosts are, again, not joining us, but I have a very special guest, at least to me and maybe to some listeners, I don't know, uh, Dr. Sean Reister of Reister Physical Therapy Services. How are you doing today, Sean?
1: Uh, That's awesome, dude. I love being special. It's kind of cool, man, and uh, thank you so much.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of like... It's not like the incredible special or everyone's special. Right. And Dash mm-hmm. is like, if well, everyone's special, then no one is special.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that was the funny part. I remember us using that line in the clinic sometimes with people who might have been special. And I was like, listen, everyone's special, which means nobody is. And
0: it just... <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, Sean was one of my first students um, to do University of Buffalo's residency. That means he chose six months to do a clinical with me and luckily that all worked out because we both really enjoyed each other um, and then he ended up uh, working for me for several years before going out on his own. So as he reminded me a couple years ago when I taught a course at his practice, we have a lot of stories to share.
1: We, we had a lot of, I mean actually it's funny I think when they talk about like if you do something you love for a living you're never really working a day and if on top of that, you can laugh, you know, your fanny off. Is this, is that the type of pod- podcast we got here? I should go with fanny. Yes, this is okay. clean. This is clean. All right, This is uh, laughing your fanny off. We There was some ridiculous moments where, I mean, people were, you know, getting PT, by the way. I don't want anybody to think that we were just a bunch of goofballs, but we legit laughed quite a bit. And our patients were laughing with us. So it must have been good. Something we did was good.
0: Well, there was that one day where we all snowed out and that little old lady, we canceled everyone. It was a 12-hour day. Every single person canceled. There was a driving ban and the little old lady who used to drive actually wanted to come to PT so bad that she uh, insisted on taking a taxi, even though we called her several times and begging her not to come. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, she was like the last patient. So all we did was watch... I don't even know. It there's no YouTube, there's no Netflix. We watched something, probably torrents.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was uh there was some way we were able to put it on something and they had that cool little room downstairs with the fireplace and the TV above it. There was something we got to watch. I just can't remember I I should be able to remember yeah. what movies we watched that day. Uh So
0: so anyway, <laughs> my story about you was I think this is the most valuable lesson I ever taught you and Sean thinks it's that in his first week when we were reviewing, he thinks that in his first week, apparently he was late all the time. And I just, I don't know if I chewed him out or what. And he said, it was healthy. It was healthy. Yeah. But that is not the lesson. Uh, So there there was a patient that Sean saw repeatedly and she was definitely a nice enough lady. Um, It's just that for whatever reason, if this was, she was being seen two to three times a week. And no matter what, over those two to three times a week, over the course of three to four weeks, she would maybe make one visit. She was late often. Um, she would schedule, again, she would apologize. And uh, Sean would schedule her two to three times for the following week. Luckily, she, we'd be lucky if she showed up more than one time. Do you remember this person?
1: Oh, this is gonna... I can't wait for this because I... Like, this is, it's like licking my memory and of <laughs> course the, the, the message, you know, and how you have to deal with that stuff is, is burned. But the specifics of this one, I, I do worry that possibly there's some repression going on here. <laughs> yeah. I've blocked it.
0: So I had a very strict, I mean, one of the reasons why we had uh less than 10% no-show and cancellation rate, less than 5%, I believe, uh, the lowest in the entire company, and we're talking a company that had 15 plus clinics, is because we just didn't allow that stuff. I had uh, a two-strike policy. Any combination of two no-shows or one cancellation and one no-show, unless you had an excellent, excellent reason like hospitalization or family emergency, it was unconditional discharge. Unconditional. Because you might even have great intentions, but for whatever reason, you just can't make it. And that's the way I would explain it to patients, right?
1: We, and listen, you know, when I, when I left Western York, well, when I left that clinic and I went to uh, the hospital in the falls, you know, that was a very, um, you know, it, it was difficult from this, uh, the sense of like socioeconomic type stuff. It was a very depressed type environment with, um, and when I say depressed, I mean, financially and our patients, I brought that policy with me. And I was told that it wouldn't work and you would have been amazed how well it did work when you because when people value the care, they don't want to be cut off from it. They're signing paperwork saying that they you know, will adhere to that policy and it worked amazing. I had a I had like a maybe a high single digit cancellation rate at a hospital outpatient clinic.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's nuts, especially because there's a lot of, like you said, low socioeconomic and um, people with no copays. Um, so that that's great. But anyway, what happened with this person was I was like, Sean, you got to enforce this. And he said, look, let me just sit her down. I'm going to give her a long talk. Um, you gave her the talk. She understood she was she you um, you even wrote her a letter. You had her sign a letter. I I promise if I if I schedule three times the following week, I promise I will show up. The, otherwise, there would be um, I will be unconditionally discharged, and I totally understand. She signed and dated it. You guys left, totally left it on perfectly am, amicable terms. I don't I don't even know if you did this face to face because I believe that she hadn't showed up again, and and you had to either email her the letter and have her sign it, um, or you you basically. Um, also, you know, she sent her the letter and you did it over the phone. I don't remember the specifics, but we had a I think bet. It,
1: I feel like it was we, in person. I feel like it was had, in
0: person. It might have been in person, but we had a bet, right? I said, I don't really care if she did this. I know she's not going to show up again. You're like, just, just give her another chance. Give her another chance. And I don't even remember what the bet was, but I definitely won because what happened <laughs> next week? What happened?
1: <laughs> I I feel like it was, wasn't it like an absolute, like a no call, no show? and wasn't that Oh it? yeah, she didn't even
0: call. She didn't even call and say she wasn't going to show up. She just no-showed. No call, no show. Uh, and I said, "What have we learned here today, Sean?"
1: <laughs> yeah, and at that point in time I had not read Charles Duhigg's book The Power of Habit, so I didn't realize I didn't realize how poor of a betting situation I was in, so.
0: Right, right. I I knew I was going to get I'm pretty sure it was something like a lunch at Wegmans.
1: Oh, no, it would have been. That was our uh, lunch of choice back then. You know, it was the, yeah. the turkey chili or a sandwich. I, I I definitely feel like I coughed that up.
0: Yeah, it was probably at least a sub, a sub and a cookie and maybe like one of those weird spirulina drinks that I have no idea what's in it. But anyway, I thought that was a very valuable lesson. I I didn't want you to eat crow, but I knew you would.
1: Oh, no, I, I, I typically own the stuff that I do. And uh, I mean as i get older i mean what am i supposed to do i mean being a human being and being insanely flawed it is uh embracing those flaws and trying to move through them uh it's funny i remember it's it keeps coming i just told the story the other day because obviously you know we're treating in this uh you know this COVID 19 environment and uh keeping everything sanitary is of the utmost importance and so we clean all of our tables change all the pillowcases everybody wears masks and so I was telling Craig, who um, is a PT that works for me now, uh, about the the process we had to go through back at the Glen to put the disinfectant in the spray bottles. <laughs> so so it had oh, to... Oh,
0: okay. Sean actually going into a whole nother story. And I thought that maybe we would save this for another episode. But hey, why not? Two stories I, for bonus, bonus story.
1: I just, I don't know how this is... I feel like my memory maybe changed how long we did this for, but... What ended up happening is we had a little while where we did – I don't want to say we battled over stuff, but with respect to um, like maintenance type or cleaning duties. And and I didn't understand, by the way, then because, you know, Erson, you were up to – were you at three kids at the time? And I had zero. So.
0: Yeah, I mean I might have had three kids at the time or or expecting a third. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I so I didn't like leaving work for you, and I get it now, it's premium because you want to get home, you want to see your kids before they get to bed, and you were always so awesome about that. But sometimes that did you might just jet out of the place, not pick up after yourself, and then I was starting at <laughs> seven a.m. the next day. So and this is a side to the story, by the way. I i rather than have the difficult conversation with Urson about like, hey, could you start, you know, just clean your tables. It'll take you five more minutes, you'll still see your kids. I decided to go like rogue, angry man, and I left on a day where I left at seven, and you started seven. And you remember what I did? I took all the pillowcases off all the pillows. I left everything a mess, like all the stuff on the floor. Yeah, <laughs> right, there's like
0: none of the pillows have. I mean, it's clear that every single plinth we had like two private rooms and four or five plinths. All none of the pillows had pillowcases. The laundry's full, and and we. We did this, apparently, from what Sean tells me, <laughs> for, I don't know, a couple of weeks until we kind of, like, hashed it out, like, hey, are you doing this? Because I'm doing this.
1: Oh, yeah. it's And, well, because then, so the spray bottles, you had to go downstairs, and there was this weird, remember that stupid thing on the wall It would put the chemicals in? Man.
0: Well, it's, yeah, it's some kind of weird, like, industrial concoction disinfectant mixture thing where you had to, like, get this, you know, super... Concentrated solution and mix it with like the right proportion of water, and instead God. of doing this, what what Sean and I have been doing for who knows how long, assuming the other person was doing it right, because it's not like we go through a bottle a day. We're going through a bottle maybe once a month, right?
1: Well, it takes I, a I long feel time like a to bottle, use it. two or three days for a spray bottle, maybe, maybe, maybe four. I don't know. Those
0: bottles. I feel like we would go at least a couple weeks before doing this, so we might have been doing this for months. So instead instead of actually remixing it, we would just add one.
1: Well, yeah, and at a certain point, like, because you would assume the other guy was doing it and there was still some disinfectant in there. So you just did yeah, not not filling it, but just like, you know, a third of a bottle. Right. Yeah, just so you could spray yeah, again, like,
0: like filling it up a little bit, just to dilute it a bit, just to make sure. So you didn't have to do the whole rigmarole of, of mixing this concoction.
1: But when we made the discovery, because I think it started with, and I don't want to say which one, like one of us admitted to the other one, like, hey, I got to admit, like, I haven't been going all the way down to the basement. I've just been putting, I've been topping it off and I'm letting you put the stuff in. And when we both realized we were both doing the same shortcut, because we didn't have a student to send down, it was like that gap, you know, in between, like at UB, we would finish with the student in in summer and then we wouldn't get one until November. All of a sudden we were busier. We we were just spraying tables with straight water, which, by the way, the cleaning power of water shouldn't be underestimated. I I would like to make that clear because. But it's
0: probably better than thing.
1: Yeah, it's better than just dusting it with a dry rag, so for sure.
0: Yeah, this was years ago. Obviously, if you're just joining us right now, I don't know how you could just join in the middle of the podcast. No one's listening to this live, but. Uh, yeah, not during the pandemic.
1: No, it would not play today. And back then, I mean, I think we we might have contributed to the to the health of immune systems, um, by for just sure. yeah, our, just like
0: you know, living on a farm and having uh, pets.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's some research for that, isn't there? I mean, if there's not, oh, I'm just going to say there is.
0: Yeah, yeah, I believe so. In the Journal of Common Sense.
1: Yeah, I mean, unless if it's a farm you know, with a bunch of stuff that's about to to jump from, you know, whatever animal it is to the human race and the, uh, you know, the next great hundred year pandemic, then maybe the farm sure. is not the good place to be. So.
0: All right. Well, those are the two stories I wanted to cover. Uh, hey, thanks. Thanks, Sean, for joining me in Untold Physio Stories. Anywhere people can find you if they want to listen to your podcast or see you we, locally, where's your clinic?
1: Um, our, our clinic's in Pendleton, New York. Uh, it's on, uh, Campbell Boulevard up in, uh, Pendleton, North, North Tonawanda. It's just Reister, uh, PT services and, uh, com is where we have stuff. And, uh, we had a, we had a podcast for a while that we might light back up. It's hard to say. There's a lot of stories we could have, uh, covered in the last year on it. But uh, um, American Physio still has, it's got like 25, 26 podcasts up on SoundCloud. It's worth look, it's worth checking out if you're looking for something kind of funny. And uh, it's a little away from PT, but it's done by PT. So, All right. Thanks a lot. Have a right. great Thank day. Thank you very much, Kristen.
0: Well, you can find me, uh, Dr. E at Modern Rehab Mastery. That's our new online mentoring program it includes modern manual therapy modern patient education and modern strength training it's three months with three mentors so one month with each mentor four weeks tons of modules lots of ceus learn at your own pace for a month then move on Um, so go beyond the seminar you also get chat room um, with your mentees and mentors and live q and a's every week check out all my products edge mobility system we have the new edge istm toolbox that includes the edge mobility star and the og edge mobility tool our edge restriction system bfr cuffs that's part of dr kyle coffee's monitor training bfr certificate